1: Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margo, and on the line today we have FBG Jen. Hello. And we have FBG Kristen. Hola. And today, you guys, we have Dana, Lori, and Quirky Pollen, and they created a cookbook together. They're a family. They created a cookbook together called Mostly Plants, 101 Delicious Flexitarian Recipes from the Pollen Family, and they talk about what it's like to cook flexitarian. It's a very close-knit family. We had a lot of fun talking with them. You guys are going to super enjoy this interview. But one of my favorite questions we asked was, what would be your dream dinner guest or guests? And I wanted to ask you guys, what would be your dream dinner guest? Jen, do you want to go first? Sure. I gave this a lot of thought
0: yesterday, <laughs> so much so that I started taking notes, and I like brainstorm people, and then I'm like, no, 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 I'm like, well, it can't be too big, it can't be too small, so I got real logistic with it, um, but I decided to go with, and I don't know how many people y'all talked about in the episode yet, I'll have to wait and listen to that, but I went with the Obamas, because, because obviously, and I want both of them, um, and then I went with Mark Twain. <laughs> I'm assuming if this, this is a hypothetical, we'll just bring up people from the dead. Yeah. Sure. Sure. What the hell? Um, and then I wanted, uh, Freddie Mercury. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like trying to create like a lot of conversation, a lot of different interests, a lot of things happening. Um, and then I wanted you guys to be there because I don't think we've ever like sat down for a
1: meal together
0: and I would really
1: love that. Oh, You know, I've done it separately. With yeah, yeah, with, yeah. but never True. but the three of us have never been together. That's oh that's so sweet. You're so yeah. thoughtful.
0: So I think that'd be really fun. I don't know what I would serve, but a lot of wine probably.
1: <laughs> All right. So Chris. Oh, good start. Uh Kristen, what do you think? Who would you invite? Oh,
2: well, I also gave this a lot of thought, but I um I got a little paralyzed because I'm like I I don't know who to choose. Um so, but it's funny because I honestly I I was like, well, I would want Jen and Margot to be there. So, mm. um, <laughs> sharing a brain because I'm like, oh, you know, we obviously do well with um with keeping conversation going when we're all together. So yes. I, I I thought of that, um, and I I also thought I thought Oprah would be pretty fun. Oh yeah. Um, I I would certainly enjoy that, and um. Did you even like task Oprah to bring a couple guests? Like Oprah, sure. you
0: just bring a couple of people. There you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, and then uh, Amy Cuddy, who is the the psychologist, psychologist, I think. Who, you know, how I'm all into power poses. Like she's the one who did yeah. the the TED talk on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I I had a few others like who I think would be really interesting, but I don't think. I don't know. Like I was also looking through our list of previous guests and I'm like, well, I could fill a table with people we've interviewed who I think would would be really fascinating to have at the, at the table together. So this, this question was just too hard for me. That's okay. I, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm wimping out, but I'm like, I just have, I either have a list of like two people or a list yeah. of
1: 150 well, I'm, I'm very similar. You know, I had my, my one person set and then I'm like, no, but it'd also be great too. So I have a few people for me. Number one would have to be Anthony Bourdain. Like if we're going to bring somebody mm-hmm. back, I, I'd, yeah. I'd love to just talk to him about traveling and music and food. I just think he would be so much fun. Um, I also have to say, I'm a huge fan of the movie Hustlers. I've seen it like five times now. It's, I'm totally into it. So I would want to bring Lo and A-Rod. To the table. <laughs> I want to know her workouts. I want to know what she does with her skin and her hair because she always looks great. And A Raw would be fun to just talk to. And then, you know, I'm a Beatles fan, so I would want John and George mm. there. Um, I said Carrie Fisher just because she's so hilarious and I love her books and uh julia child i'm stealing that from oh, one of our guests that's so good I, yeah i think she'd be amazing and then my last one i don't know why but stevie nicks i'm just like a big fan of hers yeah. but i think she'd be really fun and she would have some great stories so that, those those would be my people it's a very eclectic group
0: that's good i love it yeah Kristen, i'm really surprised chris hemsworth was not on your list yeah come on
2: uh eating food is not what i'm interested in doing with chris hemsworth mm-hmm. so. <laughs> Oh, right. Um, That sounded real dirty. I I just mean, (laughs) not not how I intended. I just mean, um, I. How do you? (laughs) I just meant that I would like to, like, just like, like have him to myself. That also not helpful. Um, to to talk and do workouts, of course. Um, you know, maybe maybe sit right next to him and at a dinner table, I'd be across the table. Um, (laughs) wow, that. (laughs) i'm i'm actually blushing Um, thanks for clearing that
0: intention
1: up (laughs) Uh, send it to the universe uh, (laughs) (laughs) well we'll be invited (laughs) oh goodness All right, you guys. Well, wherever you get your podcasts, be sure to subscribe to the show that way you'll never miss an episode. If you do get it through Apple Podcasts, if you can leave us a review there, that would be amazing. We'll read it on the air. Or just click the little stars button, five stars. That really helps us find more people to get the show. If you're interested in stickers, we have these adorable Fit Bottom Girls stickers. We can drop some in the mail for you. Just send us an email podcast at fitboundgirls.com and guys let's just go into our interview today with the Pollen family. Tracy, Dana, Lori, and Corky are the authors of the award-winning cookbook The Pollen Family Table. The Pollen's recipes have appeared in Oh the Oprah Magazine, L, People, Vogue, Better Homes and Gardens, and more. They have been profiled in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and USA Today. Today, we have Dana, Lori, and Corky Pollen talking about their newest book, Mostly Plants, 101 Flexitarian Recipes from the Pollen Family. Welcome to the show, Dana, Lori, and Corky Pollen. Hi. Hi.
3: Hi,
1: there. <laughs> Hi. this is FBG Margo, and on the line today, we have FBG Kristen. Hey guys, we've got a party today. <laughs> I'm going to ask the first question. Uh, can one of you start by talking about the idea of your book uh, about not being anti-meat, but more about being pro-veggies and why we need more vegetables in our diets?
4: Hi, this is Lori. That's a great question. Um, we are definitely not anti-meat, though two of us happen to be vegetarians who wrote the book and two are flexitarians. But the whole point of mostly plants is to incorporate more plant-based food into your diet and to change the look of your plate where in the olden days it used to be you know half your plate was your meat protein and then a little bit of vegetables and some starch and now the image should be half your plate being uh, vegetables and fruits and then whole grains and legumes and just if you're going to be having meat protein to just keep that to like a small quarter and so it's just what you add in to your diet rather than taking things away and, and really restricting yourself.
2: I love that. I, I am such a huge fan on focusing on what you can add versus what you have to take away because that just makes it makes life a little more fun, right? to to think of it that way.
4: Oh, definitely so. And it, we found that people, when they take something out of their diet permanently, They just can't stick to it. It's too hard. And so once you're thinking like, oh, I can't eat this, then that's sort of all you want. You want French fries all the time or you want, you know, the chocolate cake all the time. And we've never said, you know, you have to give something up. It's just more everything in moderation and weigh your plate towards the healthy foods.
2: Excellent. Now, your first book, The Pollen Family Table, um, that was so well received and highly awarded and people loved it. So I'm I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what fans of that book can expect from from your newest, and you know, kind of how it differs, what sort of new information you're bringing to them, and you know, why why they probably need to have both on their bookshelves.
5: This is Corky, and the first Hi, book Corky. is very much a family-oriented book. A lot of the philosophy was about having meals together; that it was important for dinners that the family got together, that it was healthier for the children and the parents. And uh, it was just a wonderful time to discuss your day uh, going forward. Um, The recipes, I think what makes uh, the first book similar to the second book is just the way the recipes are broken down. They're really, in both cases, so easy to follow, so carefully laid out. That even for someone just coming to cooking, they can easily follow these recipes. And in both, we had a market list and a pantry list that made shopping for cooking so much easier.
1: Corky, I think you and I might be both alike in that we both try to go veggie as much as we can, maybe like two days a week. But what are your summer—you still eat meat occasionally. What are your favorite meat replacements?
5: Well, I just love um, vegetables so much so that uh, I'm very, very happy with just a full um, plate of vegetables on them. Um, But uh, legumes and um, grains, uh, there's so many healthy grains uh, that I love and easily replace the meat on my plate.
2: Now, aside from Mm -hmm. the food And the recipes themselves and your book um what are some of the tips that you guys have for bringing more joy to the table because I think that's one of the things that um that your fans really get from this right is that it's not just about food it is about family and about feeling really good in all the different ways
3: uh this is Dana and um I mean yes anytime you come together for a meal you're connecting with one another telling your story sharing about your day um I mean, I feel like these recipes, what's great about them is they're great for adults, but they're also great for kids. So I think everyone would enjoy them. And there's so many great recipes that um, I think, you know, there's lots of vegetables in them, but I must say our kids um, are loving them. And um, I think what's also so great, you know, we have so many conversations at the table. You're eating delicious food, but it's also really healthy food. And I think... The kids are really interested today in knowing what they're eating and how it's good for them, but also how it's great for the planet. I mean, there's such a, you know, eating, even going meatless one day a week, um, there's a huge impact on the environment. You know, we produce so many greenhouse gases, we waste so much water uh, by meat production that I think it makes everyone feel good about what they're eating when they're eating mostly plants.
1: I'm looking at your, your book right now, and it, once again, it's called Mostly Plants, and it's absolutely beautiful. I just love looking at it. How oh, do, thank, you. thank you. So how did you go about picking the recipes for the v- book, and how do you decide amongst yourselves how this works out?
4: This is Lori. We have a very interesting process that we use with the first book, too. And part of it is what we love to eat. And somebody will suggest something um, that a recipe they saw, something they might have eaten in a restaurant, something that a friend served. And we say, how would we like to make this? More plant based. How can we change it slightly? And so we would talk with each other, and then usually break into twos. Some of the recipes we all did together, or three people would do. But very often we break into twos and test out a recipe, and then two other people might try it. And our husbands would be our perfect guinea pigs, and and try the recipes. And they're all very positive people, so they always love to everything, and we're <laughs> grateful. But so um, you know, most of them we had really good success with we had occasional fails and we just didn't include those in the book Um, but for the most part we thought of things and sort of brainstormed together things that we would like to see in the cookbook
2: so were there any recipes that maybe one of you loved but ended up getting cut for space that you know you just think okay well maybe maybe the next time we do this we'll we'll get that in there
5: Oh, uh, this is Corky. Yeah, there were two in particular that just didn't make it. One was a chocho recipe that Lori and I remember loving so much when we were in Jamaica. So we thought we were going to make this. And it was a stuffed chocho that you add meat to. It was kind of a complicated recipe. And when we finished it, we realized it wasn't great and didn't have a wonderful... uh, uh, taste at all
4: or aroma, <laughs> or aroma, <laughs> yes.
5: or aroma yes. so we didn't include uh, that and then there was another one that we uh, tried um, watercress is just so healthy so we thought we would make a watercress soup And no matter how many times we tried it and how we changed the recipe, it was just always ended up slightly watery. Uh, So we gave up on that. But we do have watercress in another of the recipes and there it is very delicious.
1: What are some of your favorite go-to, easy to put together dinner recipes that are in the book?
3: This is Dana. Um, there's this great amped-up vegetable nachos, which literally takes probably 35 minutes to put on the table. And this one is great. I mean, I feel like kids love it. Everyone loves this recipe. And what's nice, it's a healthy version of nachos. So it has lots of kale and beans and corn, top of chunks of avocado. It's really tasty. Um, there's also a linguine um, with lots of spinach and garlicky golden breadcrumbs. And that's another really quick, easy go-to recipe. Again, it takes about 30, 35 minutes. Um, You know, we were really cognizant of that when we were writing the book in terms of people don't have a ton of time in the kitchen, not always. So we definitely wanted to have a lot of recipes in there um, where you're not spending, you know, a huge amount of time in
5: the kitchen.
2: Yeah, I, I saw that you guys have an emphasis on, you know, you included some one pot and some sheet pan dinners. And I'm curious as to whether you have some tips for taking a beloved recipe and kind of tweaking that to be a little easier or a little faster, because I, I think that you've done a really nice job of that here. This is Lori. Uh, yes, we we do
4: have some tips. I mean, today in the, in the food stores, there's a lot of helpful ingredients. If you're using, if you want, you know, spiralized zucchini, you can buy it pre-made. You can buy chopped vegetables. In a flexitarian um, lifestyle and cooking, you know, mostly plants recipes, because there are so many vegetables, that's the part that's a little bit time consuming because you're having to slice and dice and cut um, more greens and maybe wash more greens. So if you can, Um, buy them, you know, pre-washed or pre-cut. That's a time saver. Um, In terms of beans and legumes, which we love, we use them in our recipes so much. We use chickpeas all the time. You can buy organic, you know, low salt or unsalted chickpeas. And that's a huge time saver. Same with other beans.
3: Uh, This is Dana. I just want to chime in. Also, what you can do is, you know, when you're cooking grains, say quinoa or farro, cook a double batch, and keep it in the refrigerator so then that part of your meal is already set and then you just have to deal with your vegetables.
1: Well, adding on to that, I, I love puns and your book has a section called Sage Advice and Time-Tested Recipes. I thought that was really clever. Do you, <laughs> do you have more cooking hacks you can share with us or kitchen skills that we, learn us, so we can learn some new chips, tips and tricks? Um,
5: I, I think what I've found so helpful in the book Uh, There's ways of correcting errors when you're cooking. So you're making a soup or something, and it turns out way too sweet. You can add an acid or a little bit of wine, which will take away some of the sweetness of what you've cooked. Um, Also, there are times when you might make a gravy, and it's a bit lumpy. And if you go um, push it through a strainer, you can get rid of the bumps. And I
4: wanted to, this is Lori, um, uh, one of our big tips that we had in the first book, The Pollan Family Table, which is my very favorite tip, is mise en place, which for me makes cooking such a breeze. I do all my peeling, slicing, measuring, and I have little Bowls and, and you know um, measuring cups, and I prep all the vegetables, and then following a recipe, it's like add the garlic, add the onions, and you're just throwing things in and stirring, and it just makes everything so quick, and you tend to make less mistakes. the The recipes are a big success because you're not like, oh my god, I forgot to do this. Let me quickly do it. Everything's all set for you.
3: Uh, this is Dana, and one of my sort
4: of favorite tips, and it's also
3: great in terms of waste. Uh, which we talk about in the book is don't always go by the you know sell-by date on um, ingredients, whether it's dairy or grains or pasta, um, because often you know companies need to just stamp a date on there, and you really have to go more by you know smell and taste and look at you know whatever the ingredient is instead of just saying oh god it's expired you know let me just throw this out. So that I think is definitely something that we've all learned over the years that that's not you know an exact date that you have to follow
2: in addition to to those tips do you have any just must-have kitchen tools that you think every kitchen should have and you know everybody who wants to be be, you know a would-be chef should just have handy
5: yeah the spring-loaded um Tongs yes. are really something that I use for everything, including pasta. Taking them, you know, taking pasta out of the pasta water, and they work so beautifully in a very surprising way. I think sheet pans, uh, for me, are a necessity, and I really love the idea of having more than one. Uh, and of course, wooden spoons, been around for years and years. And there are things that we use constantly. Uh, I'm a big whisk follower. And I have a little wardrobe of whisk <laughs> that I use and love them
3: uh this is dana i love a pepper mill i feel like when you can freshly grind your black pepper uh, while you're cooking it makes such a big difference in terms of flavor so that's probably one of my
4: favorite things and for me lori i think this is a little bit more pricey but it's so worth the investment is that everyone should have a good chef's knife because it's unbelievable night and day when you can slice easily and it's nice and sharp and sturdy and strong. It makes the whole prep process so much easier.
2: It does. And I'm curious, can you offer any tips for choosing a great chef's knife because you know, you can you can do a little searching and everybody shows it just slicing through that tomato so beautifully, <laughs> but you know, three tomatoes in and it's it's toast. So I, I would love to know if you guys have some tips for that because I I have one that I really like but I struggle to find another one that um is even reasonably affordable.
5: Sometimes oh, I'm sorry <laughs> Oh, this is quirky. I think the important thing with the knife, too, is to really handle it so the handle is comfortable in your hand, and which makes such a difference. And whether you like a wooden handle or a metal handle, people do have favorites. I think to make sure that you have a knife sharpener that works in your house. So if a knife starts getting dull. You can just sharpen it yourself and not have to wait until you can
4: send it out. And when you do select your knife, it's also care because you should wash, never put in the dishwasher, tends to dull the um, blade, wash it and dry it so that um, it it stays sharp for longer and is more effective.
1: Well, besides cooking, uh, what other interests do you guys share as a family? Eating.
5: (laughs) (laughs) We are very big lovers of eating with a philosophy
4: that you never miss a meal. <laughs> we, we talk food quite a bit. We we prepare, you know, while we're eating lunch, we talk about dinner. And when we travel, we always find good restaurants. But um, Dana and I have a similar background to you guys. We were in the fitness business for many years, and we owned a fitness Center in New York City. So, working out and eating healthy has always gone hand in hand with us. So, we taught a lot of classes. Corky and Tracy came to all our classes, and we continue to this day. We all work out a great deal. So, that's a, a huge part of our lives.
3: And also, this is Dana what's so great is on weekends or holidays, we all come together. I mean, all, you know ourselves with all our kids and actually what we end up doing is planning meals that we're going to eat um on those weekends but that's also a really fun thing to do and family time is really important for all of us
2: well since we are the fit bottomed girls and you just mentioned the workouts that you've done together i would love to know what what workouts are you guys loving right now
3: Uh, This is Dana. And for me, I love going to the gym and I love getting on uh, the elliptical um, or stair master or sometimes running in the park. um, And, you know, using light free weights and um, lots of stretching. And yeah, that's pretty much what I do. And I like to work out,
4: I'd say probably five or six days a week. This is Lori. We're all huge fans of cardio and aerobic activity. So that's we just like moving. And in New York City, it's great. You can walk everywhere. So we'll go to the gym a ton, all, all three, all four of us do. And we also walk a lot. I, for one, I also do um, Tai Chi and um, yoga. So I kind of try to balance the weights and the cardio with more uh, meditational kind of work.
5: And I like running, especially if I'm in the country. That's my favorite uh, kind of exercise. And uh, I also work out on machines uh, and uh, careful about doing cardio. Uh, and I'm a big walker also, uh, every chance I have.
1: You've been doing a ton of publicity for your cookbooks. Can you tell our audience what it's like to cook on national television? Is it as scary <laughs> as it looks? Uh, this is Dana. That's a really good question. It's actually,
3: you know, really fun but it's not really always quite cooking it's um you know they prep everything for you so to us it's like an easy day in the kitchen so everything's right there we don't have to cut we don't have to chop um and it's sort of like partial cooking because they'll you know have the camera on you while you're doing one thing and then all of a sudden you're at the finished dish (laughs) Uh, but it's a lot of fun we like that a lot
4: Though Corky, and this is Lori, Corky and I had one big fail from the last cookbook, which was scarring. We were cooking live. And we were used to um, perhaps um, larger shows. This was a small, um, local TV show. And so they didn't have the same prep that we were used to. And basically they wanted us to cook from the beginning. As Dana said, usually there's different stages and you just turn on the blender. Then you go to this thing and that. This was everything from the beginning. So Corky threw all the ingredients into the blender. I think we were making a cake, pressed on, the lid wasn't secure, the flour whatever went all over the place and we were on live TV. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
3: They'll never forget.
4: It <laughs> has
2: scarred us. <laughs> oh, gosh. Sorry. I'm, like, sweating thinking about that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was a comedy hour. And it wasn't supposed It was it. a slapstick. I love
4: Lucy. And we were sweating. <laughs> yes. <Yeah.
2: laughs> oh, that's great. What's next for all of you? What's you know, you've finished this, you're doing the publicity for, you know, I'm sure for a while yet. Um, Are you already thinking about the next book or are you going to just sort of ride with this for a little while?
3: Uh, This is Dana. So even though we finished the book, we still have a lot to do. I mean, we're very lucky. We're we're getting a lot of press, and we have a lot of interviews coming up. Um, But for me, I mean, I'll just speak for myself, already I have some ideas of, oh, another cookbook, and some ideas I would still
4: like to put into a cookbook. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. And this is Lori, I want to add to that also, is that you know part of this is that we really believe in the message so wholeheartedly that people should eat mostly plants and i think it it solves so many um questions and problems that people have it's really great for your health in terms of cancer and heart disease and diabetes it's really great for your metabolism and if you want to lose a little weight it's really great eating mostly plants for your for your memory for you know dementia Anxiety. anxiety depression so I think we all feel we have this really strong message that we would like to get out in the world more because people are searching for the right way to eat, and it's so simple.
1: Where can people find you all on social media so we can follow along? Uh, This is Dana. So we're on
3: Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Pinterest.
4: Um, Yeah, and our website is pollenfamilytable.com. And most of our links are Pollen Family Table or Pollen Family, so that's how you can find us on
2: our social media.
3: If anyone ever has questions, we always answer our emails So questions about recipes or really anything else about mostly plants. We're happy to,
4: to answer. Yeah, and they can find that email on our website, Pollen Family Table.
2: Excellent. And I'm curious, this is just sort of a hypothetical question, but... If you each got to bring one dream guest to the dinner table to join a family dinner with all of you, who would you choose?
5: Ooh, That's such
3: a good question. question. and Nobody's asked that. that. I wish we had, like, a day to answer it. Oh, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I should have prepped you. Oh, course. course
5: It would be Julia Child. She really influenced my cooking so much. And I loved watching her on TV. And she had such a sense of humor. And uh, really made such a difference, I think, in the cooking world with her first book.
3: This is Dana, and I would say Ina Garten. However, I would want her to cook for me. (laughs) 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 Very intimidated. But um, what I love about her, I mean, her recipes really are foolproof. And, um, you know, she tests them like crazy. And,
4: um, oh, I would just, she would be the person that I would love to be sitting next to at my table. And Lori, I would interject, I think for me, um, Molly Katzen, who wrote such a lovely blurb for the back of our book. And she um, is the author of Moosewood Cookbook that I remember when I was quite young and I was vegetarian and leading vegetarian. And it was somebody who just wrote great recipes that were for vegetarians. I mean, now she's kind of also does more of a flexitarian thing. But I, I love that she spoke to to my knees so many years ago. And I think that's so impressive. I'd love to talk to her about that and how she thought of that.
1: Well, we have just one more question for you all if you're ready for this. We're gonna throw you another one. Okay. <laughs> we're ready, we're ready. Because we asked this of everybody that appears on the show, what was the last song you listened to before you did this podcast interview? Okay.
3: I have to look at my, this is Dana, my Spotify, because I don't know the name of it. Okay. <laughs> So bear with me. Okay, go ahead. this is Lori. I'm
4: I'm actually getting married in like a month and a half. Oh, congrats. (gasps) (laughs) thank you. So I've actually been um, looking at first song ideas, first dance, and I was listening to That's How Strong My Love Is.
3: Oh, That's nice. Well, mine's not romantic in any way. Dana, but I was at the gym before and I was listening to Under Control by the Internet that was the last song that came up for me so <laughs> it's very motivating
5: for exercise oh, and I was at home uh, finishing my breakfast and Bach was on the radio and I love Bach my favorite
2: composer so that was just great for me that is such a cool range of answers
1: <laughs> I, I love it <laughs>
2: Hey, can we turn the tables
4: around a little bit? What did you two
1: listen to? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was "Under Pressure" by Queen. Oh, oh I love, love it. yeah. Uh,
2: and I was listening to "Soulmate" by Lizzo, who um, I i talked about how much I love her music on on here before. And as we're recording that, it just that song just dropped, so I'm very very excited. I have to listen for that. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, I actually, well, probably by the time this goes live, it will be on one of our um, FBG playlists, which you can find on Spotify or on our site, um, because she really does some really cool, just powerful, workout-friendly stuff. Oh,
1: good. Well, thank you all so much for appearing on the show today.
4: Oh, hey, thank, thank you. you. It,
1: was it was so much fun. fun. Great questions. Yeah.